Please be advised. The following podcast may contain opinions, advice, or other suggestive content regarding mental health, and as we are not experts, should be treated as discretionary. Please consult with a medical professional if you are struggling with mental health issues. Alternatively, if you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please dial 988 or go to your nearest emergency room. Hey, welcome back to Luminosity. Kevin's about to answer a spam call right now on his uh, on his cell phone. <laughs> Great way to start the episode, Justin. We were debating over whether or not I should answer this spam call, and I decided to let it go to ring. Who knows who it was? <laughs> Could have been anyone. You'll never know. What if it was your soulmate on the other line? I already found my soulmate, bro. Not okay, possible. no, but soul. Okay, wait. That's a whole other thing. We have to do like a relationships episode part two. I actually have found out that soulmate ship is completely different than like an intimate relationship as many people would think. <clears throat> so we'll talk about that on a later episode. Right now we're going to talk about resilience. Uh, resilience is one of those things that everybody, have you ever been complimented on that? I feel like a lot of people these days are like, Hey, like you are really resilient through that situation or, Oh, I admire your resilience. And so I decided to pull up the definition to which we'll get into here in just a moment. And I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Kevin, Kevin's more of a producer on the show sometimes than I am, but just resilience in general, I think is very important to understand what that could look like for yourself. Uh, but Kevin, when was the last time you feel like you were told that you were resilient and in what ways were that was that person trying to, you know, compliment you or really share that that's what they thought about you? Well, okay, so I I'm thinking there is a way to answer that question. And I could tell you like these moments in time where I thought that I was resilient or that I was exhibiting resilience. But I think resilience is more of a constant thing that I'm experiencing. I don't think it's something that like, I mean, yes, it could be something where I experienced it in this one moment in time at that place in time in this particular situation. Sure. But for me, like, this is my subjective interpretation of what resilience is. It's more of the long game of like every day presents its own kind of challenges, um, especially in the world of mental health. And as someone who struggles with mental health, you know, I struggle daily. It's, you know, I, there's no, there's no way around it. So for me, resilient resilience is an everyday thing, but I can't pinpoint it personally to one moment uh, in time. If that makes sense, that's just mm -hmm. my personal situation. And, you know, as someone who deals with mental health issues every day. But before I kind of explain on that further, I was curious, like, what does resilience mean to you, Justin? As I try not to pull up the definition, resilience to me um, means not throwing in the towel when you feel like you probably might want to, aka giving up on something, someone or a certain circumstance in your life. Resilience I mean, that's what I've ever been told. And I feel like the only experiences I've ever had with resilience has been like knowing that whether or not it's a short or long game of whatever you're doing, whether it's in your career or a certain circumstance with a relationship or something that you're working on, I, I believe that being resilient is showing up for yourself, proving to yourself time and time again that you continue to show up for yourself uh, and then more importantly, just, I mean, getting out of your own way so that you can continue to make the progress that you need. I've been on this big journey. I mean, it was just recently, but I'm I'm very committed to the long game. And 
at our age, especially for Kevin and I and anybody listening who's in their 20s, it's hard to commit to the long game when we're living in a very fast-paced, transactional, like, you know, predetermined or undetermined environment, right? As as people who exist right now, I think there's a lot that's unpredictable. I mean, Kevin can blow up tomorrow on Facebook and I can blow up tomorrow on YouTube or, you know, I mean, he can get the best call of his life tomorrow for his career and I can get the worst call of my career tonight. So everything's pretty unpredictable that I think that we're not giving ourselves enough time to let things progress and or be patient with the process, right? And I think resilience fits really nicely into that. Yeah. I like that definition. You know, for me, if I were asked to explain it, you know, I think I like what you said about throwing in the towel. I think right off the top, you you got that, you know, like where resilience is when you refrain from throwing in the towel because it's so easy to throw in the towel a lot of the time. Um, and most of us will feel tempted to do that when it gets too hard, right? Mm -hmm. um, but resilience to me is kind of synonymous with fighting. You know, it's like you fight on um, and you you do your best to persevere and, and push through the hardest of times. Mm. Um, I don't know, man. I think for me, like resilience is... It, it is about not throwing in the towel, but it's also about, it's also about just like every day leading your life with grace and poise and understanding that like some shit has happened to you. Like that's when, in my case, right? Like sure. it's been, it's a lot. And sometimes I feel like it would be so easy for me to feel like a martyr or feel spiteful or hurt or whatever emotions warrant that kind of, you know what I mean? Um, but I don't, I, I don't throw in the towel in that way. I don't give in and in that way. Sure. I'm resilient. And well, there's two I'm words of too. And you should be very proud. I'm very proud that that's how you look at it. Two words stood out in the definition of it. Um, it, withstand and recover, which I think both serve very differently as you're trying to understand what resilience might be. But it says the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties, toughness. Um, so that's interesting. I feel like resilience is often related to difficult times, situations, or whatever the matter might be, or something that's challenging or tough. And Maybe the only way to come out of certain scenarios or things that you're going through in your life um, or to overcome something really is to be resilient. Would you agree? I definitely agree. Do you know what? I, I was talking to my therapist about this, actually, and the, the term resilience. What's your therapist's name, by the way? Uh, her name is Meredith. Mine's Glenn Denise. I just thought I would ask. Yeah. I mean... Does that that doesn't violate any like privacy laws, right? No, they can't share I mean, that, anything about us with anybody else, but we okay. I, I mean I I call I, mean, I tell everyone about Glenn Denise. The only reason I say that is I just I encourage folks a lot of times when you we, especially Kevin and I will probably be hitting on therapy a lot over the course of a couple of seasons here. And I'm not planning on losing Glenn Denise anytime soon. Oh yeah, I remember you told me that. Yeah, I listener, I actually went to Nashville 
um, last week and I got back two days ago. No, I got back yesterday. Oh, two days ago. But yeah, so obviously when I was there, I saw Justin and, you know, we got dinner, we got drinks and um, he was telling me about his therapist, Glenn Denise. He's like, I cannot give up Glenn Denise. I'm like, bro, no one's, no one's asking you to give up Glenn Denise. I know, bro. but when you feel so passionately about someone that's really helping you move some needles and she's no, such I a positive that. force and I'm sure yours is too, Meredith. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm happy you found that. Um, and I know I'm grateful to have found it uh, with Meredith. Um, you know, I mean, I'm in um, like a, a therapy clinic. So I go a couple times a week and I meet with different therapists, but she works my individual mod module, it's called. Mm. So that's the one modality. I have like an individual and she serves that modality. Um, and then I have another for like the group modality. And so it's just, yeah, it's just a whole thing. But Anyway, um, what were we talking about? Six personality <laughs> types. We were talking about therapy. No, no, listen, we're talking about resilience. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, okay, okay. Before we got on that ADHD sidetrack, by the way, Justin and I are notorious for both struggling with ADHD. <laughs> we, well, me more than him. You can't I, tell. I was laying down on a bench when we met each other last Thursday night. <laughs> I was laying down on a bench and kicking my legs up. We were talking about a nonprofit idea we have. And I was like, Kevin, I really have ADHD. And I was like, Justin, I know. And you might want to get that checked out. Like you might want to start taking whatever thing you said. Anyway, yeah, we were, ADHD we were like, aside. we were, we were sitting outside in the courtyard of this hotel or whatever. And I'm screaming. Soho house. And, um, and there's like the exercise room at Soho house, Nashville that you can, you can like look up into it and then see through. And Justin would be like on this really great idea. And he'd be telling me like, so, and this is why I think that then, and, and if we like do this with that, and da, 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 there are people on the treadmill. Right. <laughs> oh, and he'd gosh. like look the other way, like, like a dog seeing a squirrel. I know. Like, so anyway, it's it so da. bad. It's really yeah. bad, but I often I'm like, hear, you need Vivance. <laughs> I would live your oh, I don't even know what that is. I would love anybody's thoughts who's tuning in right now. If you just want to DM the both of us and let us know your experience with ADHD and whether or not you embrace it or run away from it. Running away from it essentially is like medicating it, working on it, trying to get yourself to be like more focused. I've honestly found my better well, No, that would be that's not running away, right? Because the the medication but like you're will trying help. to fix it. So like a, not running away, you're right. But that's it's, that's it's good. Like you're trying to like you fix should. it. Or do you embrace yeah. it, which to me is just sitting with it. I've had my best days. Kevin's face is like why aren't you getting this treated? My best days in my life have come from my most rambunctious random high energy moving from one thing to the other in 30 second days okay that so said never... i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you right there because i i know you get a lot of your creativity and a lot of great things about your you and your personality you attribute to that sort of adhd like go 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 mentality and you've achieved a lot of great things and i think it's awesome that said i want to be clear to the listener that we are not promoting that you forego medication or forego treatment for something like ADHD or whatever it is you're struggling with, because in your mind it justifies, oh, it makes me more creative or blah, blah, blah. Sure. Because I've done that thing too um, with my mental health disorders where I'm like, oh, but if I like go on medication, then it's going to suppress like my creativity. That's uh, never right, the case. Right. Like it, in theory, yes. Like I, 
I have thought in the past, like it's definitely going to suppress my creativity, but then I actually go on the meds. I'm like, Oh, now I'm like more creative than ever because I can actually think clearly and logically. Mm. But, so I don't want to, I want to make mind sure you, knows we're not promoting for that. sure. No, very good point. This is why Kevin's here. <laughs> this is why we're both here together. Um, all I was saying is that I'm at a point where I'm leaning into it. Um, and it, it it almost feels like god i just i can't get rid of this and i've been spending a lot of time with my therapist on adhd conversations and eventually maybe like maybe it will lead to some type look at him smirking and maybe it may lead to some type of medication treatment remedies etc but i've always been so hyper and i've always been super 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 distracted easily um yeah. So and I think that's a great way to frame it too. Like you, you said right now, like you were just like, you know, I, I've been spending a lot of time talking about my ADHD with my therapist and look, like it's very well possible that you could label, you could easily label it and say, I have ADHD. I am sure. ADHD. Like I am a person with ADHD, but then it becomes part of your identity almost. And I've done that too. Mm. And I like the way you phrase it after that. You were like, I have a tendency to get easily distracted. Like that feels way more better because then you're not saying you're, you're not saying like I have a, I am, or somehow my identity is tied to my label of my mental health issue. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And listen, I would never let it be the case in that sense. And I think most people should try to avoid being too stuck on the labels of everything until you've identified that that's actually something that you totally. want to work on or something that you're actually severely dealing with. Yeah, that's actually so important to know. Back so to I was just gonna say back to resilience. How we got started on that whole tangent is I was telling you, Justin, about this therapy session I had with Meredith, uh, and resilience came up in the therapy session, right? And she made such a good point. So mm. I was talking about how something had happened with my dog, Wrigley, my puppy. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what it was exactly, but I think it was something like you know, we had recently moved houses and he seemed he's a half poodle. So he gets like super anxious because poodles are just an anxious breed. Mm. And he seen, I was like, Meredith, I feel bad. It's like, you know, I, I feel responsible for this anxiety that I've caused my puppy that he seems to be exhibiting because he's sure. like anxious that we moved and it's a new scene scenery. And she was like, you have to remember. Just like humans, dogs are resilient if not more resilient than humans. And I was like, we can learn a lot by the resilience by nature that dogs exhibit. Yes. Like, they're so resilient and they're they're not even trying to be. And I just think it's like humans can learn so much from dogs already in that state of just like mindfulness being present and mm. living every moment like you're a dog and it's you're, you know, you're just happy just and trying enjoying to like, yeah. every second. Yeah. yeah, but like at the same time, I think they exhibit resilience like have you ever been scrolling instagram or something and you see one of those like inspirational dog videos of like a dog that had both its legs amputated and you know like it's still so happy and it's like jumping around even with like you know one or two legs and it's not letting it like this is a a two three-legged dog but the dog doesn't care about that the dog is just happy it's not thinking like, oh, I'm I'm an amputee dog and I'm less capable than the other dogs. It's just I am happy to live my life to the fullest. And, you know, whether it's like catching a tennis ball or eating a bacon treat, like I'm happy. 
because mm. that to me is the epitome of what resilience should look like. And dogs are better at it than humans because mm. humans tend to have this way about thinking like where they go, oh, everything's going wrong. Woe is me. Like, you know, yeah. we tend to over inflate whatever issues we're having. And to us, they're the biggest problem in the world. But is it really as big of a deal as the amputee dog who is still enjoying every second of its beautiful life? No. And you, know you hit I mean? on a good point. Exactly. 100% we can learn from dogs. But I think the bigger point here is that like a lot of times when you're going through difficult situations in your life, it's really easy to sit in that difficult situation um, in which you tend to get in your head about, which all gets tied back to kind of like your mental health journey with it. Um, and you almost, I don't know about you. I mean, I've typically, anytime I'm going through something very difficult, my mom and I used to say this when I was growing up, we had to go through tsunami really. Like we literally went through a tsunami while we were getting a divorce with the family and moving across the entire world. Um, anyway, so as, as hard as that could have been, I'll never forget my mom and I always going, don't other people have it worse? Like some people have never even had the privilege of, you know, knowing their dad before they divorced the family or, you know, uh, living in all these countries and cities before their family had to retire. Like, so I, we always looked at that kind of lens and I won't even say it's a positive thing. It's not like, you know, I used to be like this blind optimist and I, I hated that about my personality because it would, it wouldn't allow me to like actually deal with what I was dealing with. I would just be this blind optimist where I was like, everything's good. Life's good. And then before you know it, now I'm in therapy for two hours every Thursday. Right. But where I'm getting at is as you go through these difficult challenges in your life that just sometimes they happen, sometimes you create them for yourself subconsciously or, you know, subliminally. And just, it, it's, it is what it is, right? It is what it, what it is until it isn't. And I've noticed that when people go through difficult situations, you can either get stuck on it or you can choose to, in this case, be resilient and, and find ways to progress in hopefully a very positive way and learn how to like deal with, learn from and move on from, right? Whatever that difficult situation is, which I believe is the steps to like, uh, these are resilient steps in dealing with things that go that go on through life. I love that. I love that so much. And I want to inquire and pick your brain a bit more about that. So I'm going to ask you this. You said that resilience is kind of like how you move on and progress from whatever you're moving on from or progressing from right mm -hmm. so let's say that something happens it could be a traumatic event the loss of a relationship or maybe a death that mm. kind of loss whatever it is right something happens in your life and it requires resilience to move on in your mind if if you were going through that as justin crawford what are your steps to um having success in your journey forward and mm. what are the number one factors that would lead you to have have that success in recovering right if resilience is like recovery yeah no i love that resilience i think is recovery so if if something were to happen i don't know let's take a previous example there was a tsunami in japan wiped a lot of places out of you know, the Sendai area and we were affected. We weren't directly impacted, right? We were affected by the whole thing. Um, two weeks with no power, middle of the divorce, the whole thing. You feel like the world's collapsing. You're like, oh my God, tsunami, divorce, like 
all these things. Like, I don't even know what I'm going to do in the United States. I don't really care. At this point, I was like, frick it. Like my mom and I have a resilience personality or sorry, we have resilient personalities. And my only thought was we have to go forward. That was my only plan. So what I don't know exactly the steps we took. I don't remember, but it was like, what is going to get us to the next phase of our life? What's going to get us to move things forward in a positive direction so that I can actually build the next part of my life with my mom. And I just, I never forget. It's like, okay, well, step one was always feeling. You definitely want to feel in the moment. Like I am sad. I'm upset. I'm nervous. I'm stressed, whatever those emotions are. And then I really think after that, you just have to like, look at the, the big picture. Okay. Well, if this is what's happening right now, depending on what you believe in, where you hold your faith and your, you know, the way that you think about how the life work, how your life works, you may tap into those things. At the time I was not spiritual and I was not religious. This was like 2010. And I'll never forget thinking to myself, well, you know what, if all, if all I get out of this is we move to the United States and we start this new chapter of my life, then like, let's start the new chapter, right? Which takes a lot of letting go. It takes a lot of like confusion. Oh my God. I was so confused. I was like going through, I mean, I think I cut my freshman year in half. I don't remember. And like, there's parts of what I was dealing with that I was like, all right, well, listen, you got to trim the fat. Let's go. Like I can't move and like fly across the, the world from Japan to the United States if there's too much on my shoulders. So I was like, all right, two suitcases. Like, what do we need to ship? Like, hey, friends, I'm leaving. I like love you guys. I got to move on. Like I was cutting so much out. It was the only way my mom and I would have survived that traumatic experience of like disaster meets divorce, right? And step by step, it's like, all right, what's the first thing we can do? I knew I wanted to cheerlead. I knew I wanted to be on a competitive cheerleading program in Tennessee. And then like fast forward, I mean, the only thoughts we really had were essentially taking like, all right, you book these plane tickets, you get to the United States with your two suitcases. That's totally fine and well up until you get to the US and like everything's like completely drenched pouring, like super, super, super ridiculously like you can't even imagine like mom and I get to the United States. My brother and my dad are already here. It's a whole situation. And I can't remember exactly the thought pattern I had, but step one was get to the hotel, right? Get to the hotel. Mom and I had each other's back no matter what. We had no money. Nobody did. I mean, it's 2010. Like our our family had like had the whole military situation. And, and so things were different. And so I was like, all right, well, listen, I want to be a cheerleader. I got to finish college or sorry, I got to finish high school. I got to get to college. We have a couple years in the bag. So like, let's take it step by step and like actually simplify it. Let's live in the cheapest apartment complex. Let's live as close to the cheerleading gym as possible. Let me get to the high school and then I'll figure out what, figure it out when I get there. And the resilience piece I think came in because I knew I was a leader. I knew I was a process challenger already in high school. I was the only male cheerleader on that team. I was the only person from out of the state, let alone the country at my high school, right? And then to get to like university level, things changed obviously, but just in the midst of that chaotic time of my life, it's you got to break it down and make everything simple. You have to cut everything out. I mean, I didn't speak with so many people for, for a couple of years because that new part of my life had started. You know, and I, I, I guess I'll end there. It's like, I remember just taking every piece of my life and trying to make it as simple as possible. 
as digestible as possible for what we were going through. And emotions aside, I've cried for days with my mom about the situation. Totally fine. Like our family is totally fine now in many reasons or for many reasons. And we're very proud that like that was a part of our life at the time. But this beautiful thing about starting a new chapter and letting that take your resilience into the next phase of your life is all I held on to. And then you start figuring things out as you go. You really do. Like you'll know what steps you want to take based on what you're trying to accomplish in that next phase of your life. And then more importantly, just like being able to digest and then ultimately figure out what pieces of the puzzle you need to put together in order to actually make things progress. Right. And if you're wise and you've had some experience, then that that's kind of where you start figuring out how it's going to be a positive progression as opposed to, you know, falling back into depression or falling back into the same circumstances, you know, even if you're in a different environment. So you brought up a lot of interesting things here that I kind of was I was even writing down some questions that I had as you were speaking through this. And the way that you describe resilience reminded me a lot of something else. Do you have any idea of what I'm referring to? No. So you were talking about resilience kind of like in, in a similar way that we've talked about this other thing in the past on the podcast, and that thing is grief. So I wanted to ask you, what are the similarities and what are the differences between grief and resilience? You know, like how are they different? Mm. Are they I also have to admire like a lot of the times when we're doing these podcasts, it's so easy for co-hosts to share the same seat. What I love about what we do on podcasts together, at least on these episodes, but on luminosity, I think you and I, it's never really by the episode. We don't plan these, but like, I feel very much like, I don't know. I, I'm loving that like you can interview me. I can interview you. We can both hit on points. We can both digress digress on points and like it makes for a fruitful episode. So I thought I would just point that out. Um, and hopefully everybody listening, like you don't feel like it's ever one-sided or just like Kevin and I blabbing about certain things because we're generally curious about what he just asked me and the things that I've asked him, right? Um, grief and resilience. So I think a part of, I mean, my first thought is just going back to the example, if I'm letting go and I'm moving on from something, if that's an environment, if that's an experience, if that's my family situation from Japan to the United States, I feel like I'm losing something, right? You feel like you're, it's actually a loss, you know? And and as hard as life gets, a lot of times you feel like you're losing. Like, hey, I've lost the game or, you know, I've missed the points and I didn't make the cut or whatever these things might be. But it almost has a similar feeling of when you lose someone because as I'm having to move on or start this new chapter of my life, I just did it twice, by the way. So this year I've lived in four places, five, I've lived in five places. Um, and it's September, like lived, I'm talking about addresses, like change of mail, all these things. And every time I've left an environment, I feel like I'm losing people. Like I left LA. I feel like I lost my friends in LA for some reason because I just don't live there anymore. And I had to move on to this next phase when I went back to New York. And between New York City and the Hamptons, it was the same exact story. I felt like when I left those places, parts of my life had been put behind me. And it was the only way for me to get to this next phase of me being in Nashville, Tennessee, 
Like I can't be here and be present and build a life here and be focused and 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 who and and grow into this new version of Justin, right? As this resilience being. Like I guess the reason I think resilience plays into me moving around so much is that this has been my life forever. You know, and as it relates to grief, you really I don't know. I I feel like I've lost people in in some shape or way. Or I've lost a part of myself as I grow out of it, if that makes sense. So it seems like what I'm hearing is the the commonality, the common thread between grief and resilience is this idea that with both you're losing someone or something. Because I would and agree with that. I, mm -hmm. I think that you know when you're forced to be resilient, it's because you've lost something uh, and that it requires you to be resilient uh, in spite of that loss. Right. right. And going back to the words difficult, remember, like I pulled up the definition and if you're, if something is difficult or tough, like pushing through it and like making it work or whatever, it's not like answering a hard math problem or building a difficult business and changing your business model five times before you actually, you know, become profitable. These are not difficult or tough things. That's just kind of, a, I think those are completely different than when you go through something and it is really just tough whatever tough looks like, whatever difficult looks like. And I think a lot of times letting go or realizing that the effort that you may have thought you wanted to put into it, it just might not be worth it. You know, I could have stayed in New York, for example, and my heart was telling me, absolutely no, you are done with this project. You're done filming all these things. You're good. Go move on. You know, and I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. I actually want your thoughts. Do you think that like, I don't like using the term running away and I shouldn't have earlier when I, when I mentioned it, cause my therapist actually was like, don't like, why are you running? Like, why are you running? Um, so do you think that when you're trying to be resilient or grow out of a situation or overcome something that oftentimes when you run away from it, can you make calculated departures as opposed to like sticking with something? Because I think a lot of people think about resilience and they're like, stick it out, finish it strong. Like, but I promise you, Kevin, and I'll give examples here in a bit. I don't think I've finished many things. And my therapist was like, oh, you enjoy starting things. And I'm like, yeah, I like, I, I, I enjoy conceptualizing, starting and launching things and then walking away from those things. That's just where I'm at. That's that's my personality. That's how I feel. I get excited and I move on. But from your per perspective, do you think resilience is more related to like finishing the thing and sticking it out and doing what you said you signed up for, you know, and then kind of disregarding some of these other thoughts in the midst of that? That's a great question. I know exactly what you're trying to say. It's like, well, I'm, I'm going to tie it back to this idea of perseverance that is also synonymous to me. Uh, with resilience. I think that absolutely resilience requires a certain amount of follow through um, with whatever you've set out to do, right? Um, because it's kind of like if something, if something gets in your way that is some kind of traumatic event or um, something you didn't expect and it turns your world upside down, what are you going to do? Are you going to drop everything you've been doing, uh, whatever it is, and just forget about it and leave it and and never come back to it because, oh, this this crazy thing turned my world upside down, so therefore I have to adjust and change my whole life around to accommodate this thing. No, then that thing wins. 
And the way that you truly win is if you say, yeah, this happened to me, but I'm, I'm not going to let it affect me. I'm not going to let it stop me. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to finish this. That to me spells resilience way more than the alternative. If that answers your question. It does. And I'd almost say that sometimes you have to look at it from both sides. So let's say a situation is the thing, the thing that's tough and difficult. And then you have the other things that are tough and difficult. Okay. And uh, I'll just give the example. So when I was in New York, I was on a very big project and it was the reason I left LA, whatever. That very project was the thing that was difficult and making me feel like I needed to kind of be resilient enough to walk away from it. That's kind of what I wanted to say. Like, I think that the awareness, which goes to exactly why we started this podcast, when you're aware enough to know, you know, what your gut intuition feels like, why you're doing the things that you're doing, when things feel good or bad, then you can kind of navigate, not kind of, you can actually navigate the tough and difficult things that come when you're not in full control. Like I was in full control of that project and what I was doing there. And that was my business. You know, I had business there. Right. But then when certain, like nothing was really distracting, like there weren't other difficult or tough things surrounding that. It was the difficult and tough thing that like the, the, the decision I had to make to depart from New York and just call it quits, throw the talent, for example, I felt like I was losing a sense of resilience for some reason. And that, I don't know if that's healthy. Do you think that what you're describing is more resilience or is it more self-care? As in you, by leaving the project and doing what you viewed was best for you, despite that it was hard, uh, was a, a form of self-care and that you knew it's time to move on from this. I'm doing this for me, myself, and I, no one else, right? Um, but does it necessarily fit the standard definition of resilience in that you know, you're recovering from some kind of thing that happened? Does that yeah. make sense? I mean, that was a, that's the perfect framing of your mind that now I, I, I see a different part of it. Exactly. I think that it was maybe it wasn't even relative to resilience. It's just, that was the hard and tough thing was departing, you know, and making the decision to leave. And to your point about self-care, I think it's important we hit on it as you're making these choices in your life. And as you're trying to understand what the better decisions are to make so that you're good, right? Like you're so that you're good, like you're healthy and you're feeling good about your decisions and you're moving forward in a very positive way. You can't do that if you're kind of stuck. And a lot of the ways you get stuck is by self-sabotage, I think, if you're in a certain situation. Like I was self-sabotaging myself, I think, staying out there and thinking that I had to be there, thinking that like it was the end-all be-all or whatever that situation um, had caused me to feel like. But then as I left, I was like, yeah, that is behind me. You know, and nothing crazy happened as I left and made that decision. But it was the same reoccurrence of every time I've left something to take care of myself. I quit cheerleading in the middle of University of Tennessee, which is a D1 school. Like everybody's so proud to be a cheerleader there. And I just quit because I was like, this isn't serving me. And I don't know if cutting the cord is any any what relative to resilience, but for some reason my brain is going that direction. It just, I feel like 
we don't ever want to make the mistake. This is the point I want to make. We don't want to make the mistake that being resilient or sticking to something um, crosses your own boundaries of like what it means to make the decisions that are going to be better for you, your your safety, your mental health, and and, and what you need to do for you. Yeah, it, it's again because kind of what I'm hearing is like it it reminds me of the word proactive. Like what you're describing is. I mean, yes, it's self-care, but it's also like you're being proactive um, as opposed to resilient necessarily, at least within the context of like what the definition of resilience is. Um, That said, I definitely see how there's correlation between those two. And I can understand why your mind is going there because I won't lie. My mind kind of goes there too. Um, I did want to ask you, this was another question I had about when you were talking earlier, that just came up. What do you think the role of time is on resilience? As you just explained that before the question, I was immediately thinking everyone's on their own timeline. And the last thing you want to do is prolong something or rush. So if I can hit on that for a sec... When you're existing as a human being and you're just like living through the decisions that you're making as a professional, as a person, as a significant other, as a caregiver, as a dog owner, whatever your case may be, I just firmly believe like, you know, your timing, like if you're a very patient person and you know, it's funny, I saw a guy today before I, before I tell the story about Steven, um, and don't let me forget because my ADHD will let me forget, but you don't want to put yourself in these positions where you're making things last longer than they should for whatever apparent reason. And I won't go down the list or you're, you're rushing things for whatever apparent reason. And I won't give the list. You know what those reasons are. If you're listening and Kevin, you too, like we, we create these reasons for making things move too fast or too slow. And so I bring up Steven for a moment because I met a guy and he's great. He's from San Diego, super slow paced, just like quite. It's it's so charming to meet someone too that like is so chill, to be honest with you. I feel like a lot of the people Kevin and I surround ourselves with are just like go-getters, ambitious, very fast. So I met Steven, whatever. And today I asked him, I was like, what's going on? What's like, what's up? Like, how you doing? He used to have two jobs. He used to work every single day, except for one day of the week. He's now working four, I think maybe five. And you know, he just like, he brought his pace of life way down. And I just, the word stuck out this morning at the gym. Cause I was like, like, what's the, like, what are you up to? What's the goal here? Like, why are you in Tennessee? Like that other, he's like, you know, I just want to, I just want to be, he's like, I just want to maintain being still and slowing down and keeping the slow pace. So it makes me believe that he was rushing at some point. Didn't, I didn't continue the conversation. I was like, all right, I love that about you. See you later. Can I have a towel? You know, but I just, I noticed that in life, this ebb and flow of pace and time, like you don't get any of this back. You have, we all exist on the same amount of time from the time that you start breathing out of your mother's womb to or to, sorry to your to the womb you come out of and the time you take your last breath so as i think time is relative to resilience maybe resilience is tied to like your mature decision making of what you believe your timeline should look like i'll give one quick example i was at nbc for four years 
than anybody would dream to be at NBC. I was so confident to leave that job. My time was up. But again, it goes back to what you just said. I've made such a point to make sure I know my timing and I know what I want. I know what I deserve, you know, and you do too. Like you wouldn't sign another record deal with whoever, or you wouldn't go work on this album if you knew it wasn't in the best interest of your career. So similarly, I just like, I dropped it. I said, listen, I've tried these things. I gave myself a timeline. It's been three months and I haven't, you know, made it to the next, whatever I believe my next step at this company could look like. I love all of you. I've had the best time. I cried. I cried for weeks leaving that job, especially because my boss was my best friend. So it was the hardest decision, yet the most, I mean, it's still very difficult to even be a solopreneur and all this other stuff. But anyway, I bring up that example because like I knew it was time to go. Non-negotiable. No one was going to convince me to stay. I didn't care about the benefits and the biweekly paycheck at the time. I just didn't want to continue to be in a space where I thought I was prolonging my reason for being there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think that's a good, a good example of how resilience can come into play in our professional lives for sure. Um, which I like hearing that perspective too, because I have this tendency to mainly attribute resilience to my personal life. Um, but there have been instances where I've been resilient in my professional life too. And obviously like with personal and professional lives, they can get so intertwined. And I, I forget sometimes that like, I, I've been forced to be resilient in that context, just as much as I've had to be resilient in my uh, personal life, you know, like there have been things in my career, even where I, I, they haven't gone the way that I've planned, um, or the way that I would have hoped, you know, that I, so it just, I guess you could say that's being resilient even, right? Like I, um, I even wrote, this is kind of a, a good little sneak peek of the album, but, um, obviously listener, I'm working on this new music project. I've played it for Justin and it's, uh, one of the songs is called, I shoot, I can't say it, <laughs> but, uh, it's going to be great and you're going to love it. Um, but the, the title of the song kind of alludes to this idea of, when plans don't work out the way that you'd hoped and it's time to move on in a way, right? Mm -hmm. That's the best way I can describe it without giving away the title. But that's the idea that I had when I wrote the song, which was like, I could have sworn that if you had asked me five years ago, where would I be in five years? It would have been someplace different than where I am now. And yet here I am and it's nowhere near where I thought I would be, you know? So in a way, it's like I'm grieving the the loss of what never was. And that forces me to be resilient in a way, right? Um, and that's obviously like just the idea behind the song. And um, But you could say that that applies to a, your personal life, your professional life. It doesn't really matter. But I'll add to um, that too. I think, Kevin, as I watch, I mean, I gotten, I've gotten to know you very, very well. And anybody who's in a career that is as unpredictable as music and acting, I've watched your resilience of managing, maybe not your own expectations, but you've kind of managed the times of what's happening, whether it's, whether it's the writer's strike or, you know, something not going as well as you wanted it to, or something not monetizing the way that it should have or blowing up in the ways that it should have, right. As, as an artist. And 
I would argue that like compared to a nine to fiver or anybody who manages their own business, because business is very black and white. I've told Kevin this many times, but in entertainment, it's not. It is. It's not even black or white. <laughs> like it is the way that it is because it's always been that way. Like you can blow up tomorrow with this next EP album that you put out or whatever. And like, I think EPs and albums are the same thing. I don't really know, but I just know, I just know Kevin's music's great. So when I talk lingo about music, he's always like, Justin, that's not how you say that, but yeah, thanks. So I just, I've watched you time and time again. Like you are in the middle of getting your degree. You're in the middle of working on luminosity with me and going down this nonprofit venture. And there's things that you're like, okay, well, I'm not sure of this. And I think this is very important for us to note on this podcast episode as you're navigating difficult, tough, uncertain situations in your life, it is always going to be important to remaining super open-minded about what the next possibilities could be, because I think that's how you're going to get your next miracles, you know, or the next thing that could uh, very well be what you were supposed to step yourself into to begin with, you know, but you can't do that without an open mind. I appreciate that, man. And it's so true, you know? I mean, I even am curious... For you, like, I mean, have you felt that you've had to be resilient this past year with all the, I mean, you've talked about these, these moves that you've had and, and the life changes that you've gone through. Have you, have you been kind of forced to be resilient? It's interesting. You ask if I've been forced to be resilient because as time goes on in my life and I'm only 27, but I, I say this with grace I put myself in every situation I'm in and I thank God almost every single day. And it's not that I haven't lost friends to suicide. I didn't lose my great aunt last Tuesday. Like I, these things happen and that's life, but losses of people aside, I've put myself in every single situation so much so that my dad tells me all the time. He's like, uh, is this like an, or he asks me, is this another self-induced thing of yours? And I always say, yeah. And he's like, well, listen, I've always been a self-starter. I've always been someone who wanted to create something out of nothing, right? But that means that I'm victim to my own consequences as they arise, which means I also have all the power in my body, soul, and spirit to navigate it as I know that I need to navigate it. So, Whoa, whoa. I think you just uncovered a huge revelation and I get what you're trying to say. You're right. I phrased it. Have you been forced to be resilient? I don't think people are forced to be resilient. I think resilience is a choice. It's kind of what you were saying. It's like, yes, you've put yourself in these situations, but mm -hmm. you've chosen to be resilient despite the hardship, despite the, you know, whatever happened, the event. Yeah. Um, and I think that says so much more about the nature of resilience as opposed to this thing that just is forced upon you or happens to you. No, we have the capacity as human beings to choose to be resilient, knowing that we're being resilient in the process. I think that says so much more about it. Yeah, Eureka. I agree. Eureka. Because I believe that's the point we've even brought it up today. You know, a lot of us don't necessarily know why someone's like, you're so resilient or be resilient, work through the tough times. It's like, listen, we're all living our separate lives on our own paths and we're lucky enough. I should rephrase that. If you're lucky enough to cross paths with someone that we can have these conversations or you're tuning into this podcast and you're thinking of all the people that have been resilient and you admire them and you, you, you now can make the choice to be resilient in situations that arise in your life. 
then that's the purpose of this conversation because more often than not, I don't like seeing people wander their own lives. I brought that up the other day. I don't like, I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy loosey goosey, like wandering. And I'm not saying that means someone's just like, oh, I'm like living life, say la vie, like, you know, life goes on. It's not that. I've watched people who are very powerful and very like expensive business folks still be wanderers because what happens is they don't necessarily know why they're putting themselves in certain situations and then having to choose to be resilient. That's where I feel like it's almost forced is because you put so much pressure on the things that you're doing and building and seeking in life that sometimes it's at a default that you do have to be resilient when you've made this decision that then caused a commotion and you have to go through that difficult time or situation. And then you almost every single time have to rely on your faith and spirit in the universe sometimes when you're dealing with certain things because you're like, oh my God, like I did not expect that to happen, but you know what? I'm going to be resilient and we're going to deal with this. Or I know I have it in me and like, we're going to get through this. Um, It's an amazing trait, I believe. And to your point about like the nature of resilience, it's not always going to be the case though. I don't remember. I mean, I can give you maybe like two scenarios this year, maybe three where I've been like leaning into resilience. Um, And Kevin, you're probably the same. I mean, when you signed up to finish a grad degree or your, your, um, college degree or you decided to like pull your merch out of Nashville like those are resilient styles of behavior I think um but I I find it quite fascinating that I wonder if people can even identify the times that they've had to be resilient um yeah yeah there I get what you're saying it's like certain behaviors are um reflective of the human spirit and and our ability to be resilient. I I actually like that for a title of this episode, the spirit of resilience. What do you think? I Should love that up there. Yeah, I also yeah. want to note we're recording this on September 11th, and I know that a lot of people observe the day differently. But Kevin and I decided not to put anything out on Monday, September 11th, and so instead we're we're, we're recording on that day. But I think it also kind of makes sense that a lot of what had happened. Um, on September 11th back when was very much acts of resilience, you know, like that's something where as, as I mentioned earlier, like natural disasters or, you know, tragedies like um, 9-11 attack, like you can see the human spirit really come out and say, you know what, you, 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 you see the resilience in people, I believe um, when there was literally nothing anybody else could have done besides try and just like save humanity in that type of situation, you know, um, which is a very extreme example, but I just thought I would bring it up. Um, yeah. So that, thank you, you know, for bringing that up. I mean, every year that goes by, it's crazy. Cause it's like, wow, another year. Um, and somehow we're at 22 years now since uh, the nine 11 terror attacks. And I always just, I, I end up watching these, uh, you know, these specials on TV, whether it's a documentary or a, a, some kind of video or something. And, and I, I learned something new about 9-11 every year. Um, you know, I, I, I was young when it happened. I was four, Justin, you were probably what, five, five, six. Yeah. So, I mean, we were both pretty young. Um, but you know, just seeing the history unfold and, and knowing what people went through that day, but on top of that, more importantly, uh, the loved ones, you know, so I read in, no, 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 I think it was a podcast I listened to 
And in the podcast, they were interviewing a survivor from the South Tower, and she framed it very perfectly. She said, you know, we appreciate your your thoughts and prayers because, you know, we live with this every day. It's kind of like the rest of the country uh, lived with it on 9-11. And while we all remember and we'll never forget, um, really, it's the survivors who are most uh, impacted and their loved ones who were directly affected people mm. who lost people um who were who chose to be resilient and what a what a it could not have been a better episode for us to record today on 9/11 um so we just uh so much love for uh anyone who was affected that day and um we do recognize that you guys as survivors um if you're out there you we know you live with it every day and 22 years I'm sure it probably feels like yesterday so um yeah. we love you and um, we're thinking of you today. And uh, as for our listener, uh, you guys might be, <laughs> we have a tendency to have a, a, a slightly younger skewing listener. So they may not have, you guys might not have been alive for 9-11. Um, but if anything, um, we just encourage you to uh, uh, be resilient in your own lives and choose resilience uh, as often as you can. And we hope this episode helped you. Uh, feel free to um, give it a rating or download it or go to our social media page and like it whatever you guys do uh share it with a friend that always helps we greatly appreciate it it's the number one way to grow a podcast um but yeah thank you so much for tuning in justin you got anything that's right and we'll catch you guys next week i think kevin closed that perfectly so uh choose resilience in the best times possible when you know you need it the most in your life and uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you guys on luminosity next week If you enjoyed this episode, Kevin and I would love if you would share it with someone who you believe can find value in the conversation too. Also, if you loved the episode, this show will only grow and reach more people with ratings and reviews. If you'd be so kind to leave one right where you're listening, we sure hope you found this helpful and cannot wait for you to come back to another episode of Luminosity.